Black, Educated, and Broke is a weekly entertainment podcast where we mix hip-hop, headlines, and all things ATL into the success of Black millennials in the Black culture. Welcome, welcome, and greetings to Fusion Radio Podcast listeners. What's going on? Y'all know this voice. It is me, Randy O, with Black, Educated, and Broke in the house, and I got just the boys with me today. Oh, you know how this shit works out every time, so... We're going to see how this goes, Rod. What does that mean? That means that yeah, when you know, lady's not here, you know. You, you That's your ass, right? Mr. Postman. When you be in your feelings about it, you kind of attack the fellas. So we're going to see. Yeah, Mike ain't here. What the happiest. Maya ain't here. Just, but that's okay yes. because that's listen. This woman energy, feminine energy, is gonna be enough. And um, guys, just so you guys know, hold on really quick. We are live here, so guys, if you want to tune in now to um, Fusion Podcast, if you're listening on the app, you're listening on the website, or if you go to their YouTube page, you're gonna listen to us. You know, so it's live show. So we don't hear Q's mic. Like right now, I can't really hear Q. Hopefully, he can hear me. Okay, and that's that. Yeah, so. I Oh no! I mean, they probably heard you. Oh, okay, I just, cool. you know, I, I just, heard it. It's cool. You know what I'm saying? But nevertheless, listen. So there was a couple of stories that came out this week. Um, I first, before I even opened the door, I just want to see where y'all heads are at. What's the two top stories that come to y'all head that was like trending? Let's besides, see where y'all. Besides Nate Robson, yeah, I was okay, about to say like, Nate going Nate going night night. Okay, so like that's uh, let's get into that, y'all. Like first of all, I didn't know that Nate Robinson was first an athlete. I didn't know nothing about him till that yeah. night. But oh my goodness, that was so, so horrible. You know the three-time no, champion? with like, the Pistons. One of the shortest. No, not no, the Knicks. Pistons. He played for the Knicks. He's played for Chicago. Uh, he's played for several teams. I league. saw that. And he's a monster. Like he can ball. Yeah, he, he just can't box. He just can't box. No, he can't box. Like Snoop said, you can't play boxing. No, you can't. Not only that, but he came in fighting like we would do if we was in the streets. Yeah. Like, there was no yeah. technique. Like, unguarded, wild swinging. Yeah. And my man, Brian, we sat and watched. He got knocked yeah, out like four got, times. Yeah, he went no, down like, like three or four that times. That make you feel like uh, shag. I mean, like somebody be knocked out like that. Isn't that just. No, it's not sad. That's why we watch. Okay? Yeah, but it's like, oh that's my God. That's what we looking for right there. He had to lose some brain cells after that. Don't they like have. He no, damn no, sure lost some rings, didn't he? Lost some Them rings. What about <laughs> the guy who won? People were saying, like, he really. Well, let me ask y'all. Y'all think that he really was that good? No, he's no, not a boxer. He's a YouTuber. But, but, but he's trained he's more trained, than Nate did. Okay. And this was not his first fight. Okay. So he had more technique than than Nate. But hey, hey what it is what it is, man. They got six hundred dollars is what a lot of oh, people that's what they got for that? each. Is that worth it? It's highway robbery. You gonna knock me out for six hundred dollars? Listen, no that that ain't the the, the pay per view. No, that was just here. Oh, okay. Hey, Nate got a good mattress firm endorsement coming. <laughs> okay, and listen, who I didn't know that uh, Snoop he really they had the memes about being a commentator, but he really should because he was so. Oh uh, man, he was Snoop clowning. Had Snoop had it going when he started singing the hymn. <laughs> was, Amazing, done, boy. That was the funniest shit. That I damn Snoop a fool. But I might be ready for that next fight. Uh, what is it this Saturday? No, no, um, yeah, it is this Dallas. In Dallas. They had, uh, 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 Spencer? At the st- Errol Spence. Okay, don't yeah, forgive Errol me if Spence. I'm not. I'm not supposed to notice Dallas. But listen, I know he's fighting. Shout out to Shotty Food yeah. Plug telling me because I kind of forgot. But this is first fight after the accident. Yeah. So, so we're gonna see. He's a monster though. Ooh, but what if he loses? I mean, people can feel like sympathetic, like, oh, it was the fight. I mean, it was the wreck oh, he was man, in. Man, he shouldn't have came. Yeah. I mean, anybody can lose and get knocked out. It's anybody's day. 
Mike Tyson's been there before. All it takes is one. It's all it takes is a good land on the chin or on the side of the head like Nate Robinson. So we're going to see. I'm ready, though. Well, another thing that I wanted to kind of go into was um, another thing that was trending this weekend. Well, this week. Well, first of all, because I always know everything, I like to always test the boys' knowledge. What else was trending this week? Randy, you're not going to do that. Excuse me, the men. Should I say men? We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna. I said the men, okay? Not boys, because you're men. You're grown ass men. Grown ass. Let me check it and respect it, right? So, what else did you guys hear was trending this week? A lot. Give me a hint. Entertainment. That's not a big enough hint. Um, celebrity. That's definitely not a big enough. hint. African American. All right, man, just give it to us. Right now you are Oh this extra one. shit Just say what you gonna say Well the reality is I couldn't remember So I thought maybe oh, You could help me Wow that, that, Okay alright well let's, let's play a game Okay. Oh, oh. No, let's no, try no. to figure it out together Let's try to figure it out together Okay so what? Entertainment. <laughs> When did it happen Do you remember that Yeah it happened uh, This week no, It happened last week I wanna say Over over the weekend Is when it happened uh, Man or woman Man What part of the country the United States. That's the whole country, though. Yes. Yeah, so look, look, come on. He's a rapper, actor, what? He's a rapper. Oh, come on, hip hop heads. Right. Uh, not T.I. Jay Z. Nah, not Jay. Lil Wayne. Music. That is music. That is music. Oh, oh, you talking about? about a, I know you talking about Lil you Wayne. You talking about? Yes. Uh, yeah. Well, no, we, no, we no, talking. No, 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 no. I am. I am because. So somebody else was in this room. They thought the album was trash. Oh, we gonna get to that though. Ain't you talking about that coming up? Yeah, I was, but if y'all wanna talk about it now, we can. Just a little sample because I, I heard a few more songs and now I feel like it really wasn't that bad. I can't. I can't. We listen. I can't agree. Usually I would because Wayne's been terrible, but they know Silence Three and I got yeah. We listened to it at the house. Four tracks. I was feeling it, and when that takeover yeah. beat came on, yeah, yeah, I like it. Like okay, so the beat is gonna grab me. But I got to listen to the lyrics, all right? Okay. So once I hear what they're talking about, but it was more older styled Lil Wayne. Yeah. It wasn't that funeral bullshit Lil Wayne that we've been getting. So for a mixtape, it is what it is. Yeah, it wasn't no Tunchy. This was it Wheezy. Wasn't, it wasn't no ceilings. It wasn't okay. Draw 3. But you, you don't think it was trash? No, it wasn't trash. I think it's pretty, I think, I thought it was pretty good. I'd actually listen to it. Okay, so you're going to elaborate more during your segment? Well, I mean, I if don't have more, to. more, we can save it because you're really, Ron's no. rundown. no. There's not really much more to it. <laughs> I mean, you also got to take into account the person you was talking to about it, too. That, what does that mean? That, 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 that plays a lot. You know, so it is what it is. Are you a Weezy <laughs> fan? Yeah. Well, I mean, I listen to Wayne since Wayne you. since the Hot Boy. I'm not a huge Wayne fan, okay. but I do rock with Wayne. I feel like when it went yeah, to that I've been pop stuff, that pop, whatever rock, yeah, that's nah. when he kind of lost me a little no, bit. No, that, uh. We didn't, we didn't I, okay, well, what, oh, no, I listen to it because it's a song on there. No that, um, is hard. What is the cover art? Is it like black and white with a on red what? something? On no ceilings? Yeah. No, no ceilings. No. It's yellow. Okay, it's, no, that wasn't no it. no ceilings across it. It looked like he on stage or something on that He one. did have a new album. Look, somebody funeral in my sources, is, I was trying to Funeral is white, and it says funeral across it. Oh, nice. It okay, maybe trash. that. Trash. Well, you know, that's why Ron run down and Q get me right on together because But we still got some Lil Wayne left, though. Who's who do? I do. Mm, okay, hey, well. I'm just going to say that the Carter and the Carter 2 is his best album. Oh, well, now that, no now, yeah. Order. Anything outside of that is some bangers. But if you really listen to Wayne, like, it's pre-Carter days. Yeah, Hot Boys days, fire. But 
for albums, his strict albums, Carter Two is the greatest thing he ever. Reminds my Langston days, but um, anywho, guys, for those who are just tuning in, you're listening to Black Educated and Broke here uh, with Q. We got Ron, we got Randy, on myself, and we got working the board today. Since Zay from the Days Bay is not with us, we have Shad in the building holding it down. So if y'all heard any kind of errors with the music and the sound, it was that guy, not us. But anyway, uh, we have a full Fired show. Ass me. Anyway, listen, (laughs) we have a full show today. We actually, I'm very excited because we have a special guest. Oh my God, we have the attorney, Gerald Griggs in the building. Q, give us a little tease on that. Listen, I uh, found this gentleman a while ago on Instagram. Um, Just, I don't know, I was searching or something he posted and I started following him. But he's helped out with Amar Arbery, uh, Vincent Truitt. And uh, Jimmy Atchison. And coming up, he has a case with actually voting with uh, Miss Latasha Brown. And it's a voting lawsuit. So we'll get into that and uh, see what he has to say about all those cases, especially the Amar Arbery. Because that really hit close to home. But all these are right here in Georgia. So let's do it. I'm ready for him. Y'all hear that? It's going to be a dope interview. Again, guys, we have the attorney, Gerald Griggs, sitting down with Black Educated and Broke to talk about nothing but good black excellence, what's going on in the community, and how we all can be a part. So if you want to hear more about it, you got to come on right back here, live at Fusion Podcast Radio Studios, Black Educated and Broke. We'll be back. Black teachers, lawyers, politicians, and developers. Funds allocated for black entrepreneurship, local food banks, and a platform to educate. Ethopia.org pools resources within the black community. Learn to network and seek employment opportunities from trusted authorities. It's time for blacks in power. Register today at Evopia.org. Hey, say, man, somebody told me y'all ain't been watching the YouTube channel. It's not that hard. All you got to do is type in Black Educated and Broke in the search bar. You can listen to it while you driving, while you working out, whatever, while you doing homework, school papers, whatever, man. Just cut it on and listen and explore, expand your mind. Y'all tuned in to the new season of Black Educated and Broke. You know what? I'm calling this shit Black Educated and Broke 2.0. We got some new members. We got my homie. Byron, a.k.a. Ron, who's go, always going to make it his stock. You got my girl, Sinead, all the way out in Cali, holding down in L.A. And you know the regulars is back. Randy O, Maya, my man Mike B, and Q to take over. So stay tuned. This season is about to be off the hook. Black Educated and Broke is the only Atlanta podcast I'm listening to. And if you're not listening to it, you're missing out. Alrighty, guys, we are back here on Black Educated and Broke. Hanging out again with the boys. This is your girl, Randy O. I got Q. I got Mike B. I don't have Mike B today, actually. Mike B is going to be mobile. It's so normal to say Mike Mike B. You miss Mike. 
Oh, we missed Mike. But he's he's with us Airways, you know, mobile. So, hey, Mike B and Maya as well. And Zay from um, the Bay. And Zay from the Bay. And Ron, that was your name I was trying to say. I'm here with Ron. Too. Like Love you, Ron, Ron. Yeah, I'm just. She treats you so bad. I'm just here, man. You know what I mean? Listen, I still have built up resentment back from the radio station days when you was judging my life. So, I think I can get past I'm still here. judging your damn life. Shit ain't stop. <laughs> oh, Jesus, build a fence. Anyway, so before we took a break here, um, I said, guys, guess who's going to be up next? We have the attorney general. Griggs. Well, guess what? Don't wait no more. He's in the building, live and in color, and I'm going to go ahead and shift this to him as well as Q, and let, let's see what they're going to talk about today. Well, like Randy said, we do have attorney Griggs in here. He is an Atlanta lawyer, a social justice activist, and in the times that we're in right now with uh, unarmed black people being killed by police officers, this is a gentleman that we definitely wanted to bring on the show for some time now. It's just been an honor to actually be able to reach out and actually get him on here. Now that we're back in studio, I feel like it hit so much harder than if we had like a Zoom conference meeting. So without further ado, Black Educated and Broke, Mr. Gerald Griggs, welcome, welcome, welcome. Yeah, it's truly an honor to be here. Um, just love being, love the show, love being in the studio, ready to engage, and let, let's have a conversation. That's and that's exactly what we want to do. So uh, this segment is going to be conversations with Q, uh, but we're really having a conversation with all of us and all of black people mm-hmm. um, because we're tired, for one. Uh, we're hurting. And you know what? The um, I don't want to call him the press secretary. He's the gentleman who's been speaking almost on behalf yeah. of the uh, Republican Party. He made a statement today, and I tweeted it. And matter of fact, let me let me pull it up and quote it correctly. You talking about Gabriel Sterling? Yes. Yeah. I call him the man in the tweed coat, yeah. Oh, uh, the man in the tweed coat. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that guy right mm-hmm. there. So he made a statement earlier, and the statement said... Pulling it up, pulling up. I tweet all day. Stop inspiring folks to commit potential acts of violence. Someone's going to get hurt. Someone's going to get shot. Someone's going to get killed. I just, I was perplexed, taken aback that it took for you guys now to come to Trump and say something like that to him when his empty rhetoric, well, not even really empty because a lot of people take what he say literally and have tried to. Uh, harm others and have harmed others as our shooter in Kenosha did and now because it's coming to your front door and it's on your step and people are upset with you because y'all think y'all they rigged it against Trump that you have the potential to be hurt now it's a problem like that's a problem for me as a black person and as, as any of us uh, being black living in the south or anywhere so the man in the tweet code tell us a little more help us understand what the major malfunction is with these people. Well, I mean, I think that they're feeling the the brunt of Trump's anger because he lost the election. But like you said before, we've been feeling this this anxiety and this fear uh, for the last four and a half, five years, whether it's Heather Heyer, whether it's NFL players, uh, whether it's re- really just black people in general have been on the other end of his tweet so many times and they've led to violence, whether it's in Kenosha, uh, whether it was in Charlottesville or New York. At, at New York, so many different times where he said there were good people on both sides. Mm-hmm. He said we were from shithole countries. Right. He called NFL players sons of bees. Get them off he the said things about LeBron and, and, and 
and uh, Don Lemon about them being low IQ. He talked about the squad. He talked about uh, the congresswoman from the, uh, from California and the one from Florida. Right. And so I don't really have that much compassion for any of them that are on the other end at this point. Because we warned you about his dangerous and divisive rhetoric. And that's why black people showed up at historic rates to vote him out. 80 million. 80 million votes. Yeah. That's that, that's crazy. That. What, but what's crazier is the 76 million who still voted for him. Yeah. yeah. That now does it blow my mind? Not so much because I know how um, retarded, for lack of a better term, oh. some Americans are. And they will find a way to justify voting for him. But you can't justify that. This man is literally kicking and screaming about losing his spot in the White House. He's the first president since 92 that hasn't done two terms. Yes. Yeah, and, when, I think, and I will say, you know, today on Wednesday, you know, he had that uh, new video he released, mm-hmm. pretty much, you know, still saying that he's vowing to keep fighting, that it's not over. So it, it, it even more so makes me not surprised that he has 76 million, because if he's in denial, there's they all are in the same type of a denial. And it's weird how they, it's like a cult following and how they just... Whatever he says, they go along with. This is super strange to me. Like, we've seen this before. Yeah. In real life, no. <laughs> I mean, take that back. We've seen it in real life, but we've never seen it on a scale this so big. Blank. We've seen Jonestown. We've seen uh, other cults come up. Uh, uh, Waco. Correct. Like, that David stuff Koresh. is, yeah, all yeah. that stuff has happened before. But to see it play out with a political party and the president, yeah. who's the highest-seated person in the world, to play out like this is really strange to me. Now, I, I don't want to switch gears before we get away from this voting because I just found out earlier today that you are actually representing a young lady when it comes to voting. Can you talk about what's going on yeah. with Miss Latasha Brown? So we represent Black Voters Matter and uh, a couple other organizations, Transitional Justice uh, Coalition, uh, as well as Rainbow Push. And we're suing the Secretary of State uh, for removing 200,000 voters from the rolls and trying to get them put back on before uh, the Senate runoff. So we filed a lawsuit today. Uh, it was filed in the Northern District of Georgia, and we're hoping uh, that we can convince a, a judge to order the Secretary of State to put these individuals back on the on the rolls because you know voter fraud is not real, Come but on. voter suppression is yes. very real, Absolutely. and we have facts and evidence and the law to back it up. So I, I'm very excited about this lawsuit. I think it will be successful, and it will again push forward the fact that we're moving in a progressive manner to empower people of color, but primarily black people, to use the power of the franchise and continue to change from this divisive time that we've seen the last four years. So how did we get here, though, with the the voting with uh, Latasha? Oh, we got here because of Brian Kemp, the, the suppressor-in-chief. And then once <laughs> the suppressor-in-chief became the governor, uh, uh-huh. uh, Brad Roethlisberger uh, was elected, and he continued to try to purge or cleanse the roles. Uh, but, you know, basically... Uh, there's a law in Georgia that you lose it, you, you, you don't use it, you lose it. Uh, but the way that they were cleansing the rolls, we believe, violates uh, the National Voter Registration Act. And so we're going to exercise our constitutional rights and sue them and hopefully we'll be successful. So, so how explain, we got here. Explain the rolls, though. The, well, basically, what they've been saying is that because people don't vote in two consecutive elections, they should not have the right to vote in Georgia. Uh, and it's it's basically a modern day poll tax. It's yep. a modern day literacy test. And so, you know, myself being a civil rights attorney as well as a civil rights activist, 
I want to do the things that Thurgood Marshall did and that Donnelly Hollowell and, and C.B. King and all these legends uh, that were great lawyers, Constance Baker Motley, just to name a few, that protected our legal rights in court. Because it's one thing to march. And of course, you guys know I love to march. See you march. But we also marched to the ballot box and yep. then we marched to the courthouse to enforce our rights. So how we got here is people wanted to take us back to a far gone era, whether that's 1950 or 1850. Right. But just like in 1850 or 1950, you had black lawyers who were at the forefront, whether that's Fred Gray or Thurgood Marshall or Johnny Cochran or Willie Gary. And so now we're here and we're doing the same things our ancestors did. So John Mercer Langston. Exactly. Or, uh, or Charles Hamilton Houston. Mm -hmm. uh, so, you know, when you understand that we've been here before and, and that we will not allow ourselves to be dragged backwards, we have to study history and then repeat the wins that we had in the past to move us forward so our children inherit a better place than we had. Nice. Yeah, I wasn't aware. I don't know if you guys were aware at all about the voter uh, suppression going on as far as this lawsuit. Yes. I just so happened to stumble up on that today. Well, we just filed it today, so we just announced just it announced today. Just announced it. Okay. Yes. And it's funny that you say about the, uh, the two voting in two elections. Yes. Because when I went to vote in the presidential election, I didn't have a problem, but there was somebody behind me whose name was not on there because mm -hmm. they hadn't voted in a while. Yeah. And I'm like, well, if they didn't change their voting status, you can't like you can't remove that. Like well, well technically you can. There was a, a Supreme Court case, Shelby v. Holder, which gutted uh the Voting Rights Act. And the Voting Rights Act is the act that was passed after uh, Selma where John Lewis was beaten. Right. It was one of the impetus for the Voting Rights Act, where it has a pre clearance uh, clause where states that have a history of, of voter suppression like Georgia would have to pre-clear any changes to voting. Well, when the Supreme Court gutted that in Shelby versus Holder, it opened us up to a whole new round of new tactics that you are seeing now. And that's one of the reasons why we're suing. Uh, hopefully we can uh, get some change and maybe get all the way up to the Supreme Court and, and overturn Shelby versus Holder. Nice. Yeah. You know, you talk about, you know, people and voter suppression, and it made me think about people like vote in two counties, as you were saying. And made me think about a story that came out also on Wednesday. The Florida attorney who was registering in Georgia, mm -hmm. who's encouraging other Floridians to do the same, Republicans. And so, um, I guess, of course, the issue, because you don't live here, but I just want to know, like, I want to know your thoughts about that, because it made me think about it when I saw that today, you being an attorney and people being desperate and, you know, messages that you have for situations like that. Well, my message is don't break the law. Uh, you know, simple. It's, it's very simple. If you don't reside in Georgia, meaning you don't have a place of residence where you uh, are domiciled, which means you live uh, most of the time at that residence, don't come to Georgia to try to vote. We've been registering people to vote since 2016 because we anticipated this. That's why we had the turnout we had in 2018 where we almost changed the governor's seat. Mm -hmm. And now in 2020 where we have changed the presidential election because it started here in Georgia. But for other people that think this is a fluke and think they can come over here and break the law the law in georgia is quite clear you have to live here and if you don't and you register to vote that's a felony you will go to prison oh wow uh, so you know my thing is you know 
win an election fair and square. We want free and fair elections where everyone can participate that's legally qualified to participate. And let's see what happens. And we see what happens when people are allowed to participate. Higher voter turnout we've ever had and and a result that many Georgians are proud of. But we're just getting started. We are seeing a new Georgia, thanks to people like Stacey Abrams and Helen Butler and the NAACP, you know, uh, and Black Voters Matter with Latasha Brown, my good friend, and Cliff Mm -hmm. Albright, and so many people that have been responsible for this, but we're not done. With NACA, we're going door knocking in all 159 counties, socially distanced, that is, but we're going knocking. We're going to make sure we turn out again for this Senate race, and hopefully, with my lawsuit, we will have 200,000 more voters on the rolls to Mm -hmm. make sure we get them out. And that'll be in time for the January runoff? Yes, it will. Hopefully. So really quick about the things about what is the, now you send, you got to don't break the law because, you know, you had, I want to say, former presidential candidate uh, Andrew Yang trying to move here to Georgia to vote in the election. So what is the law against people that want to move here? What? How long they got to be here to be able to vote? Well, there's no residency requirement under the law. You just have to be domiciled here, which means you have to spend a majority of your time with your intention to stay here to register. But if you just move here for the purpose of voting and you don't live here, that's a felony, which is punishable, I believe, by either one to five or one to 10 years in prison. So as much as I like people coming from other places like Mr. Yang, um, just understand Georgia is a little bit different. And um, we know how to turn people out. We don't really need assistance like that. We just need the monetary assistance and we will turn people out. So, you know, more power to Andrew Yang for coming down and, and trying to help us out. Uh, but just get with an organization that's been doing this work for for decades, and, and let's let's change Georgia for the better. And uh, listen to the organizers on the ground. Listen to the people. Nice, nice. All right, well, I'm about to say because we I don't want to wrap up with them, but we. Oh, no, we ain't, we ain't we wrapping ain't, up. We, we got, got, we got, got a lot more to talk about. We do. We need to take we a, probably take a, break, a quick though. intermission. Okay. Because, you know, listen, you know, he got a lot to say because yeah. we ain't even talking about Ahmaud Arbery. Exactly. I was going to say cases. we ain't talking about my dear oh, brother Ahmaud. We ain't talking about Jimmy. Vincent. We ain't talking about Vincent. Yeah. yeah. Okay. You better give him them teases and drops. That's what we need to yeah. take yeah. there, Attorney Griggs. So, guys, we're going to come back more with Attorney Griggs here on Black Educated and Broke. Keep it locked. It's leadership. It's me. It's the culture. I'm African American. My skin tone is brown. I have a son. He's African American. His skin tone is brown. I'm here to uplift. I'm here to inspire. I'm here to lead. You can follow us at Black Icons 83 on Facebook and Instagram. And right now we're working on the website, so anything you see on the page, you can shoot us a DM. And someone to get back to you within 24 hours. Hey everyone, it's Nia. And I'm Malik from In The Clutch Podcast. And you're listening to Sports Talk on Black, Educated, and Broke. What you doing? What's popping? You ain't doing nothing. Turn on Black, Educated, and Broke right now. What up, it's Mike B. And make sure you're listening to Black, Educated, and Broke. Shh, I'm listening to Black, Educated, and Broke. Alrighty, guys, we are back here with Black Educated and Broke. And for those who are tuning back in, yes, we're still here with Attorney Gerald Griggs talking about civil unjust. Okay, so I'll, well, we'll go back and resume. Go ahead, Q. All right, um, civil unrest. He did. We was talking, and Ron was speaking on it being riots here in Atlanta. But civil unrest is a much better term. When people are tired, that's exactly what you get. Uh, speaking of being tired and being tired of 
people who don't look like us killing us for no goddamn reason. Let's get into Mr. Amar Arbery. Now, you were down there. You were marching. Um, I saw the video where you walked us through where he was. Talk to us about that. It's kind of, it hasn't gotten swept under the rug, but you know how when something's not, if it bleeds, it leads. And right now, that's not what's in the forefront of news. So we still need to keep this relevant because this is far from over. They've had their hearings where they did they had no bail. So talk to us about that. Yeah, so February 23rd, many people uh, heard, you know, in March and April about Ahmad Arbery, but he was killed by uh, three men, uh, Travis and Gregory McMichael and William Roddy Bryant. And so we went down there once we heard about the case uh, because we were told by the Brunswick NAACP, John Perry is the president, and we got to meet Wanda Cooper Jones, which is Ahmad's mother and his father, uh, Mr. Arbery, and just a well close-knit family, his aunts and everything. And then we saw the video and of course the video went viral and the world just over. stopped uh-huh. you know we were in the middle of COVID but it just stopped and so we all went down to, to Brunswick uh, walked the scene in Centilla Shores showed you where Ahmad was killed and how it was impossible to do what the McMichael said they were doing and I mean a heart just went out so we made a pledge that day that we were going to be with them from the beginning to the end. I told Miss Wanda Cooper Jones we we're going to be there to the end until we see Travis and Gregory McMichael go to prison for life. And so, and of course, William Roddy Bryant. So we have been there running with Ahmad, checking in on the case with our brother Lee Merritt and Chris Stewart and uh, Benjamin Crump and, and with all the Shout activists the that bros. are down there. You know, it's just, it's, 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 it's a lot of power in unity. We, you saw we got rid of Jackie Johnson, who was the DA. I was so happy. tried to hide the case. I was concerned Uh, about that. I didn't think they would vote her out. Well, that's what voting does. When you empower a community, again, black people around the state showed up, especially in Glenn County. Uh And so I got a chance to tell people of Glenn County how proud we were and, and that we are with them. Every single hearing will be there before the hearing and after the hearing to make sure they don't get out because that's how you get justice. You show up at every court date mm-hmm. and you make sure the judge sees you, make sure the jury sees you, and you make sure uh, that the accused see you, you and understand that they're going to prison. That's so that, that's a Mars case. We will be there until the end. So stay tuned. Go to the hashtag. Run, I run with Mod. Or go to uh, Lee Merritt's page on all social platforms to stay updated uh, with what's happening. Quick question. question. Oh. Does, does that district attorney face any criminal, um, any criminal punishment for trying to hide a murder? Currently, no. Uh, there is a, an attempt to recall uh, her bar license, so that's going on with the state bar of Georgia. Uh, but currently, there has been no uh, push for criminal charges that may come after we get done with the killers. Uh, so, you know, everything is on the table at this point because we know that there was a cover-up, and we want justice for a our brother Amar. cover-up. Yes. So is it, oh, I'm sorry, Randy, you had a question. Oh, Go ahead, I wanted anything. to know, because I know that for a while there, the I run with Mod, there was an issue with people donating, and, the, and I'm, the mother was coming out saying that she wasn't aware of those donations and didn't accept it. I remember there was some some drama with that. What's the latest, what, can we that, still do That it? has been resolved. Okay. All of the uh, intellectual property has been turned over to the mother, and okay. now I run with Mod is, is her domain, Good. as well as there's now the 223 the, the two, three Foundation 
is an offshoot that has its own entity. Those are the individuals that helped it go viral. Okay. So the two the two sides have resolved their issues and are moving forward. Good. Yeah. So when does the trial begin? The trial probably won't begin until sometime next year because we're in the middle of a judicial uh, emergency. We're in the middle of a pandemic, so there haven't been any jury trials. We just started uh, having grand jury uh, in, in most counties in Georgia, so that's why things are moving a little slower because of the pandemic. But it should be sometime next year. Of course, just stay, stay, stay locked to my social media. Stay locked to uh, to Lee, Lee Merritt and Ben Crump social media. We'll let you know when we need to convene in in, uh, in uh, Brunswick. All right. So these next two cases haven't gotten that spotlight yet, but they definitely need to be talked about. Um, Vincent Truitt and Jimmy Atchison. Both here in Georgia. Yes, both here in Georgia. Um, so unlike uh, George Floyd or Breonna Taylor, um, talk to us about what happened in these cases, why it was uh, as unjust, and where we are right now. Well, currently in our brother uh, Jimmy Atchison case, he was a young man, 21 years old, who was killed uh, off of uh, MLK uh, right there. Uh, in the Allen Temple apartment complex. It was January the 21st, 2019. He was shot while he was unarmed, surrendering in a closet. And we have been uh, pushing that case for a long time. Uh, it was featured on BET's Cop Watch, but it really hasn't gotten the national attention in Atlanta because it happened right before the Super Bowl, as well as Deatric Griffin. Uh, so we've been partnering with the Atchison family and Jimmy Hill and Cynthia Atchison uh, to get that case out with their lawyer, Tanya Miller. And we just filed a lawsuit against uh, the city of Atlanta. His, her, her, uh, his lawyer, uh, Tanya Miller, filed a lawsuit for $20 million. Uh, so that case is moving. Uh, we're still pushing for the officer to be charged. As you know, the district attorney in Fulton County just lost the reelection. So the new district attorney, Fonnie Willis, hopefully will take over the case and file charges. But we are moving forward with justice for Jimmy. That's just one of 17 cases in the city of Atlanta. That's just one. And that's all in the city of Atlanta? All in the city. So is there video footage of this one? There's not video footage that we know about, uh, no, but we do know one. what happened. Uh, so we are pushing for the charges against Sun Kim, and we will continue to say justice for Jimmy because uh, Jimmy was a son of Southwest Atlanta. So if you can, tell us what happened. Basically, Jimmy was in his girlfriend's apartment there was an allegation that Jimmy had committed an armed robbery, which turned out to be false. Uh, the police, the, the fugitive squad was looking for him. They got information that he was in the apartment. They came to knock on the door and try to battle around the door. He jumped out of the third story window, ran around to the candy lady's house, and that house was surrounded by the fugitive squad. Uh, they came in, surrounded him. He was ordered, given two confusing orders, one to surrender, one to stay where he was. He was in the process of surrendering with his hands up, and he was shot in his face uh, and ultimately died. Yeah. Oh, my God. What is the problem? Why can't we get any of these young, dumb cops uh, charged with murder when that's clearly what they're doing? Well, the problem is you don't have district attorneys that have the courage, and you don't have mayors that will rein in these police chiefs. Uh, so, you know, we've been dealing with this issue in Atlanta. Like I said, there's 17 cases in Atlanta. It didn't just start with Ray Shard. That's why the city erupted uh, after George. Uh -huh. Because you had, you know, in May, well, first off, you had in February, you had Lamar. Yep. And then you had uh, Brianna. Yep. And then you had George. Yep. 
And so George was just the fuse that just exploded everything because yeah. we watched it for eight minutes and 46 seconds. And then 10 days into the protest, we had Rayshard that we all saw. So that's why the city erupted into unrest. Uh, and, and that's why the police chief ultimately had to resign because, you know, I'd had many conversations with, with Chief Shields about this very issue, whether it's Maggie Thomas, Jimmy Atchison, Oscar Kane, and, and so many others, uh, you know, of course, and then ultimately with Ray Shard. So the issue is the courage of mayors, the courage of district attorneys to do what's right. And where are we right now with, with uh, Ray Shard Brooks? Ray Shard. Uh, Garrett Rolfe is charged and the other officer is charged but again it's in the Fulton County District Attorney's Office and that district attorney lost re-election so we're waiting on the new district attorney Fonnie Willis to make a decision but Garrett Rolfe and, and the other officer uh, Devin Brasnan have been charged uh, and we fully expect that they will continue to be charged uh, moving forward into the new administration. It's so hard to, to have faith in our judi judicial system because these cover-ups didn't just start happening no, right. this year. The only difference between now and 1995 is that there's cameras everywhere. True. So I can actually pull out my phone and record you, and now you can't lie about it. Yeah. Uh, I'm a avid true crime doc watcher, mm -hmm. so I, I just seen the different docu a bunch of different documentaries, but it's just it is weird that the story hasn't changed. The narrative has not changed. This is an unarmed Blackberry. We could talk about 99 with uh, Amadou Diallo. Unarmed. Or 92 with, with uh, Rodney King. Or Rodney King. He lived, mm -hmm. although he did later die. Yeah. Um, and it's on camera. You kill this person, but you get off. Mm -hmm. Like, it's so perplexing. Like, I, I, I was so hurt when they found Trayvon Martin's killer. I'm not even going to mention his name on my platform. Not guilty. Like, there's no way around it. Like, how is it possible that they can kill black people over and over and nobody gets brought to justice? I don't, well, the only person I know that was brought to justice, he wasn't a cop, but the guy who j killed Jordan in Florida. Well, don't forget, uh, there's also been a police officer held accountable here in DeKalb County. Anthony Hill was killed by uh, yeah. Robert Olson, who's now serving a 20-year sentence. And Gregory Towns was tased to death that officer is serving a life sentence. And then Desmond Morrow, the NFL player who I had the pleasure of representing, that officer has no longer allowed to, uh, to patrol in his lifetime, and he has a conviction. So we're getting justice in Georgia, and the difference in Georgia than all the other places is you have lawyers that are on the front line, whether it's Chris Stewart, it's myself, Lee Merritt is, is in the state occasionally, and so many others that are doing this work that we're making sure that the justice system is fair and equitable in the spirit of Donald Lee Hollowell, in the spirit of Thurgood Marshall. And that leads me to the most disturbing case of them all, which is Vincent Truett. Truett. So yeah. Vincent Truett was killed uh, between Ju July the 13th and July the 14th of 2020. There is video. I've seen the video. There so is a couple. You say between. Well, so do we, we, we don't know exactly when he died. We know he was alive. Uh, after he was shot for some amount of time and then died at Grady. But we don't know exactly when he died because we still haven't been supplied with discovery. Mm. But Vincent was 17 years old. He was a, he was a boy. He was in a, a car that had been reported stolen. He was a passenger on Six Flags Parkway. They, they drove the car into the quick trip. The police got behind the car, blue light the car. The driver sped off and went down Six Flags Parkway. 
they tried to pit maneuver the car. It stopped for a second, then it then it uh, drove off again and turned into a warehouse where the video really shows you what happened. Uh, now, when they finally stopped the car, the driver got out of the vehicle and ran. And then you see from the body cam, Vincent get out of the vehicle and take three steps away from the police officer, never facing the police officer. And then you hear two shots to his back and he's down. Then you see the police officer come up to him and ask him some questions. You, and Vincent, you hear Vincent say, man, why'd you shoot me? Yep. And then he said, cause you had a gun. Now at no point did you see this gun when he's getting out the car, never turns towards the police officer and was taken off of running. And I didn't really see the gun until later on in the video, you see the alleged, what's alleged to be a gun away from him, but he never threatened the police officer, never did anything. And then they start taking his clothes off. So it was, it, it's a disturbing video. I haven't seen it. Exactly, it they have not released the video, which is what we've been calling for. But you've seen it though. I've seen the video. And if the video is released, I believe the same response that you saw uh, in Brianna's case, in Ahmad's case, and in George Floyd's case will happen here in Atlanta. How is it possible for them not to release the video? Again, they dropped a narrative that was untrue. Uh, the police chief has made three statements that have borne out to be untrue. And, um, you know, we have a problem in Cobb County. We have a police brutality problem in Cobb. We have a police brutality problem in Atlanta. Cobb known for that. police brutality problem in Georgia. Yeah, this is... This is I won't say it's frightening, it's sickening. Like, I got to the point where I've become numb. Like, I, I kinda try to stay away from watching these videos now because they happen so often. Mm -hmm. But you have to be, being in our field and working in the media and radio, you almost have to. Yeah, All right, it's kinda hard to get away from, but well, like, you, it, it takes a piece of you every time. Well, you got to cover this because the only way we're getting justice is by bringing light to the injustice. So I need for my people to continue to share the videos. That's the only way we get justice. These families are hurting, whether it's yeah. Ahmad's family, Brianna's family, George's family, Jimmy's family, Vincent's family, and so many other families, Jamarian Robinson's family, Oscar Kane's family, and all they want is justice and they want transparency in the process. And the only way that happens is if the people get involved. Because when the people get involved, things start to change. You know, I know a lot of people saying it's slow. You know, we got the George Floyd policing bill, which is pending in Congress. We got the Breonna Taylor anti-choke legislation, which passed in Kentucky, actually passed in several other jurisdictions. So we're getting justice. Ahmaud Arbery, you got the anti-hate crime bill, which passed in Georgia. So you're getting, we're getting steps towards justice and we're holding police officers and, and uh, white supremacists accountable, but we need the people engaged. You cannot tune out because if you tune out, it's going to get worse and it's going to regress. So uh, we just, on the behalf of the families, they need people to understand this is real and, and that they need justice. So, Attorney Griggs, I know you know police officers that do everything that they're supposed to do. Mm -hmm. They're upstanding people. What are they telling you about the training that they're receiving? Because it seems like, yeah, I know police are a problem for everybody. Yeah, they shoot black people all the time. Yeah, they even they shoot white people as well. But it seems like when it comes to us, it's automatic death penalty where I've seen white people swing on cops, try to stab cops, Boy, shoot at cops, steal car, cop cars, everything. all kind of crazy stuff, and they're apprehended 
us, it's the automatic it's the automatic death penalty. Like what training are they receiving that okay, you do this with them, but with them you have no remorse, you let loose, you murder them at all costs. What is that that type of training they're getting that they react like that? Well, I mean they're trained to shoot center mass. And and in some of the, the training, uh the suspects are African Americans, which is a real problem that we have to address. Wow, but I, I think the that. main issue is that they need to be held accountable. That means they need to be charged and they need to be convicted. If you start sending uh, bad police officers to prison, I promise you the good ones will step up and call out the bad ones and you will stop having bad ones that continue to be on the streets. And we also need to, and Georgia just did this in the last election uh, with Amendment 2, we need to strip the ability for them to have sovereign immunity. We need to be able to sue to get punitive damages and compensatory damages which means we need to open up that wallet because you open up the wallet people will change their behavior you've seen it numerous times so i think that's what needs to happen yes they need better training but this is not something you can train your way out of this is something that people need to be held accountable monetarily and criminally and on top of that they need to not be able to turn off body cams yes Yeah. yeah It should be your body cam. If you're on the clock, your body cam is on. And there should be a release of that body cam footage to the public within 48 hours. You should not be able to sit on this body cam footage. And edit it and do whatever. We should have the raw, unedited film. Like, them hiding and covering up for each other is a problem. Because, I mean, and if you release it, it will protect the good officers because you will actually see the interactions and it will help build some trust back with law enforcement because you'll see the positive interactions. You'll see shootings that may be justified right but if you hide it all it's going to cause a, a lack of trust with with the force well i um i don't know how many ways i can say it. i'm tired of it i, I really don't want to see anymore and i know that's unrealistic because it's going to happen mm-hmm. um but i'm just glad that we have attorneys like yourself who are representing us who's getting that information out who's keeping your foot on their necks because without it we don't have anything, yeah. you know. Um, Rodney's King lawyers, I mean, I guess they were great. You know, he they they didn't get convicted, but well, one of them did. Yeah, but I mean, for what though? Very minor charges. Yeah. So um, I don't know, man. I, I this is my segment. Like I love to talk about this, but it, it does hurt, man. Yeah. As a black man, like I have fear sometimes yeah. of going out. Like if I see a blue light. Like, it might be a tow truck, but I don't know. Yeah. Now I'm double-checking, and my heart rate just sped up. Like, I don't want to be pulled over. Now, I'm glad we have the hands-free law, because with my phone sitting up there, all I'm going to do is start recording. Mm-hmm. And for our sake, not that that would help, but at least you can't lie and say that this didn't happen, because yeah. everybody didn't already saw what happened. Yeah. And so. there's, there's certain things that we can do, again, whenever you have an encounter with law enforcement, you need to record it. You need to, uh, as best as you can, um, make sure you don't make any sudden movements or anything like that. Make sure you record it and download the legal equalizer app from the ACLU because that that app automatically uploads to the cloud if they take the phone and try to damage the phone or really? delete the video. So you got to record through the legal through the legal equalizer app because it goes equalizer. directly to the ACLU and they have nice. a, a cloud based service that can hold the video so we can get the video. And then the most important thing I want people to understand, there is hope. Because this is not 1950 and it's not 1850. There's not not just one Thurgood out here. Mm -hmm. There are thousands. 
And that's why I'm calling all of my brothers and sisters in the bar, lawyers, it's time to come to the front of the room. It's time to force this system to be what it says on paper. That means equal justice for all. That's the oath we swore, to protect and defend the Constitution against, for, against enemies foreign and domestic, domestic. for all people. And so I, I, that's the hope I want to leave you guys with. There are lawyers out here that are fighting. There are lawyers that are dedicated to the cause. There are, there are lawyers that are putting their lives on the line. I'm not only putting my life on the line in the courtroom, I'm in the streets. I've been at, what, 40 protests since, actually probably more than that, since the unrest started. Uh, and I've been at hundreds of protests. Uh, but I also want them to know that the protest moves. It's not just in the street. It moves to the ballot box. It moves to the courtroom. It moves to city council meetings and, and, and state representatives uh, uh, committee meetings and votes. We have to make sure we hold these elected officials accountable to do the will of the people. And it starts on January the 20th Huh. The first Can't day wait. of his administration yes. in the first hundred days, we need to get results for those votes. And orders. we need to make sure that we show up on January the 5th Absolutely. so that we give him the Senate so he has the Congress to be able to govern. Yeah, exactly. So, again, done all the days that we vote and just go home. And I'm going to say this for everybody listening. I don't care what politician says we need to pull back on the protests. This protest got us protected for the last four years and got us changed. So there's a president I love out there, but he needs to stop talking about the movement that he doesn't understand. Uh, if you don't understand what defund the police means, then don't say anything about it because defund the police means reallocate the, the resources. Money, yeah. And hold police accountable. I didn't even know that. Yeah, that I was, was today. Their yeah, money that was, away, so that was that Yeah, that's perfect. Well, shoot, Attorney Griggs, it's right. been one hell of a ride. <laughs> I definitely appreciate you coming out. We appreciate you coming, speaking Absolutely. to us. It's been a little while since we wanted to do this. Yeah. I think now was probably the perfect time. Everything happens when it's supposed to. So uh, please come back. Please. I will definitely come back. Yeah. Anytime you open the, the platform, because we got to get this message out. And that's why I love this platform, you know, internet, radio, through the app, having a conversation with the people on the internet, because we can be real. I can give you the information that mainstream media is not going to give you. And this is the future. You know, people are in the streets for justice and change. And we got to get it to them in this generation. So again, I totally respect President Obama. He's the best president we've ever had. Right. But we got to do better. We do. We got to get justice because we still are seeing unarmed African-Americans killed in the street. That's got to stop. And it needs to stop with the executive order that empowers the Obama 21st Century Policing Initiative, which is a solution. There was a committee convened after Mike Brown, but it was never codified. So Joe Biden... If you're listening to the sound of my voice, you're going to hear it a lot. And you need to understand something. Black people got you in the White House. Absolutely. So in the first hundred days, you need to do for black people. Period. We don't need any more excuses. This last president showed us he gave to his base regardless of what everybody else said. So you need to give to yours. Um, got to make up for that 94 crime bill. He does have to make amends for that crime bill. Definitely does. 
Okay, well, listen, that was amazing, guys. You know, you heard it. I know this is a very extended Q's conversa- conversations with Q. When we're talking about things as civil unrest, you know, it's it's a it's a loaded conversation, guys. And I know you want more of it. So as we just heard him say, we're gonna he's gonna come back um, another time on Black Educated and Broken. We'll do like a live Q and A, so you guys can submit your questions and we can give you some live answers. But before we let you go. Attorney Greg, let us know how we can follow you, follow the movement. Your hat made you look Black Lives Matter. I love it. Love it. Tell them how can they stay in contact with you? I'm on all social platforms at Attorney Griggs on all social platforms. You can follow me at the hashtag Justice Fighter. And just always remember, you know, I'm in the streets, I'm in the courtrooms, I'm in the halls of power. I am accessible to the people. I'm going to always fight for the people. And I'm going to always hold elected officials accountable. You know, you can get this smoke. You know, you know, like one of my old mentors, Francis Johnson, always said, we have no permanent friends, no permanent issues, no permanent enemies, just permanent issues. And we trying to make those permanent issues temporary issues. Oh, okay. If y'all want to hear that again, y'all have to play this back on the podcast version because I like that. (laughs) That was was in the church said, amen. Okay, so guys, we're going to take another break. Let Charlie Grizz go about his way, get a couple of things from him. And when we come back, it was just so perfect. We can go right into melanin news. Even though Mike B is not physically here, he's on our airways and he got some news for us. So keep it locked right here on Black Educated and Broke. Social media makeover, or perhaps you just simply do not have the time to run your business and manage your social presence. Allow Randy L. PNR to take a wheel. From posting content to engaging with customers, Randy L. PNR will seamlessly handle all of your social media needs. For a list of all of their services, go to www.randyopnr.com or check them out on social media at Randy O. PNR. Take the worrying out of posting and allow the experts at Randy. What's up, everybody? It's your girl, Devin Barbie, and I'm chilling with my homie, Randy O, on Black Educated and Broke, right here on Highly Unique Radio. What you doing? What's popping? You ain't doing nothing. Turn on Black Educated and Broke right now. What's up? What's up? This is your boy, comedian Marlon Ballard, man. Y'all heard the Black Educated and Broke podcast, man. Check these cats out. They funny, man. We had a hell of a time. Check them out. Every single week. Tune in. What's happening? What's happening? What's happening? You already know what time it is. Baby, chase that bag. It's your boy, Joseph Smith. And you already know, man, whenever I want to stay tapped in, I stay tapped in with Black Educated and Empowered. So make sure y'all rock with the movement. You did. Bow. Yo, yo, yo. What it do? Schooling, done daughter. And right now, you listen to Black Educated and Broke. Get you some money. What's going on, you guys? This is Jade Angela Moore. And just a little quick tip for you. I won't be long. When life gives you lemons, you make lemonade. Yes, that sounds so cliche, so cliche to the point. But what I mean is there will be many speed bumps along your life. And what are you going to do when you go to a speed bump? You're just going to stop? No way. All you're going to do is just drive slow over that hump and get on to the next thing in your life. When there are plenty, plenty, plenty of speed bumps going down your road, drive slow over them and keep moving in life. That's your tip for me. For the latest headlines in Black America, tune in to Black Educated and Broke Weekly for your melanin news with Mike B. Hope you have enjoyed the live version of Black Educated and Broke from Fusion Podcast Studios. I am out this week. A word somebody provided earlier in the week for me. Take care of your health, the physical, and the mental. But of course, you know I got the headlines. Quickly, I have something to say about President Obama. It is his opinion 
he has already been in charge and told his story. Democrats, progressives versus moderates, if you continue this fight, here's a reminder. Registered voters who put y'all talking and tweeting asses in office won't vote. The people want solutions, not tweets, because you don't agree with something. This is my quote for the weekend. If you have to constantly explain the meaning of your slogan, then it's just a bad slogan. Notice we don't explain black, educated, and broke. We did that one episode in season one. Moving on. Top stories out of Oregon. We have seen this before. While we were away, 19-year-old Aiden Ellison was fatally shot in the chest in a hotel parking lot after an argument over loud music. The shooting happened on November 23rd in front of the Stratford Inn in Ashland, Oregon. Ellison was staying with some friends at the hotel as paramedics attempted to provide him aid. The 19-year-old died on the scene. 47-year-old Robert Keegan was also at the hotel. According to the front desk clerk, there was an argument over loud musing, which led to the shooting. Keegan has been charged with second-degree murder, first-degree manslaughter, unlawful possession of a firearm, and reckless endangering. The 47-year-old has pleaded not guilty and says he was in fear for his physical safety. That claim has been disputed by the arresting officer in his report. And of course, he says he was fearing for his life. Keegan says that Aiden punched him in the face. Well, the autopsy reveals no injuries to Ellison's hand that would indicate he punched the 47-year-old. Keegan had no visible injuries to his face. We'll follow this story as more updates continue to happen. Now, this story was out of Atlanta. Right before Thanksgiving, a group of black business owners paid for thousands of dollars worth of groceries at the Wesley Chapel Kroger in Decatur. The total came to over $40,000. Tis the season. Many thanks to these black business owners. The group consisted of over 20 members and business owners. For this next story, where are all the black men who are serious about owning guns, protecting black people? This story is out of Sacramento, California. This past weekend, teenage brothers, 19-year-old Dwayne Reed and his brother, 17-year-old Saquon Reed, are victims of a shooting at a local shopping mall. Around 6 p.m. last Friday at the Aiden Fair Mall, shoppers evacuated the building shortly after the shots were heard. Many witnesses interviewed state they didn't see a shooting. The shooter has not been found as of Wednesday, December the 2nd. In sports this weekend, some key matchups, hopefully, in the NFL. No cancellations or rescheduling. The Rams versus the Cardinals for that NFC West. Nobody knows who's in charge. And the 8-3 Browns at the 8-3 Titans. Now, Q, you my boy, and I know you need the Browns to lose, but for the sake of Ron and them Titans, Let's go Browns. Black Educated and Broke, follow us on Twitter at BEB Podcast underscore ATL. Facebook, Black Educated and Broke. And Instagram, Black Educated and Broke. Too much to remember. Everything is located at blackeducatedandbroke.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Mike B underscore news. I'm back next week. This is your Melanin News.
They say beauty is in the eyes of the beholder, and all fine art starts with a vision. Through extensive research and studying, Barbie Doll Mink lashes are crafted to enhance your beauty inside and out. Unlike synthetic lashes you can find in stores or online, Barbie Doll Mink lashes are made with a soft cotton band, which makes them lightweight, comfortable, and easy to apply. Don't let me forget, you can wear these lashes up to 25 times with proper care. Get dolled up and shop at www. BarbieDowBeauty.com and ladies, Barbie is spelled B-A-R-B-E-E. See you later. Some of them men think they freak just like we do, but no, they don't. Make your check come at the neck. Disrespect us, no, they won't. Yo, what's up, people? It's your boy Ali Sadiq from Comedy Central. Man, you know me. I'm black, educated, and broke as hell. I just want y'all to know, hey, man, keep listening to this podcast. Black, educated, and broke. It's your boy Ali Sadiq. Hey, man, get your cash up. Get your education up and get your goddamn blackness up. You can listen to Black Educated and Broke on Apple Podcasts, CastBox, Player FM, and SoundCloud. Black Educated and Broke can be found on many platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, and our Heart Radio music app. So if you need somewhere to listen but don't want to download a bunch of apps, choose one of those. You're bound to have one of them on your phone, right? Right? That's what I thought. Black Educated and Broke, season three, coming right at you. Are you sitting at your desk right now, bored out of your mind, tired of listening to all of these songs in the same old playlist? Well, do me a favor. Go to the Apple Podcast or SoundCloud and listen to Black Educated and Broke. We're going to give you lots of laugh, giggles, and lots of life. You heard it first with Randy O. Yes, sir. It's your boy Ron bringing you Ron's Rundown. Nothing but that hip-hop fire and straight sports knowledge. Black Educated and Broke is now in the building. You should be too. Let's go. Yes, sir. All righty, guys. We are back here on Black Educated and Broke. Listen, we love Ron's Rondell so much, we had to play it twice for y'all. Hey, Randy, okay? you hear that? Yes, uh, sir. Randy, Randy, you hear that? Guess who's Bazak? It's R- R- Randy. No, it's old. On the track. <laughs> back. Coming through with the moves. What it do? Don't ever do that again. <laughs> wow. That was so, so Lancaster. Actually, I really can freestyle, but I chose to live that in my other life. You used to. I did. I really did used to like I know, do a little complaint. I don't, I don't I think, think you got playing. it no more. I'm sorry? I don't think you got it. Because you need ready right here. Go. Randy on the mic. No, 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 oh. no, no. Randy <laughs> on the mic. Okay. Okay, I got Ron, I got Randy, and we all up in the studio. What? Coming through kicking, because you know how we can do it. What? I got Ron, I got Randy, I got Mike, I got Sandy. Sandy <laughs> Plankton <they're> from SpongeBob, <laughs> y'all. Used to be my show when I got out of school. What? <laughs> oh, right. See, you know, you never know what you got to get here on oh, Black Educated man. and Bro, guys. Listen, we loving it. We hope you guys are enjoying it, too. For those who are watching us live, shout out to you. Thank y'all for watching. For those who still want to listen, join over now on our YouTube, our Facebook page, Fusion Radio Podcast, Fusion Podcast Studios, and join in on this. Um, so before the break, um, I gave a quick tease. Ron's Rundown. Remember, we had to say it's Rundown twice, you know, because it's, it's, it's hot like that. So, Ron, it's your world, boo. We just in it. What's going on? Yes, yes. Let's get active. 
So, uh, we in the beginning of the uh, podcast, we talked about Lil Wayne's mixtape mix coming out, um, No Ceilings 3. We also talked about the fight. But what we did not talk about is why Lil Wayne asked when they're performing at the damn fight. So, let's get to it. So, if you saw the fight, then you saw Wiz Khalifa, you saw St. John, you saw uh, uh, French Montana, you saw Snoop Dogg. But who you did not see was Lil Wayne, who they said was going to perform. So, apparently what happened was Wayne has a situation going on with a third party who was trying to get into the situation on Trilla. So in order to dead that, Wayne just did not perform. But he said he will be back on the Trilla stage for other fights. Let's talk Hove. Jay-Z so does fitting. not so stop. Fitting. Does not stop whatsoever, y'all. So we know that he's already begun his own uh, marijuana company called Monologue. Monogram, Monogram, excuse me. Called Monogram. Um, He is now CVO, Chief Visionary Officer of two uh, cannabis companies. Uh, One is actually the one that Monogram is through called Kaliva. And the other one is called uh, Left Coast... uh, Let's Coast Ventures Inc. Oh. So, Hove is getting that paper on every way he possibly can. He even he even has something coming out on Netflix that's going to be similar to Get Out. Oh, uh, got a movie coming out. Oh, he is set to produce a film um, adaption of Dwayne Alexander Smith's 2014 novel. 40 Acres, and this is going to be on Netflix, y'all. So not only Hove giving y'all something to look at while you high, he giving you something to get high on. All right. Versus Battles. So if you like me, you've been waiting for Scarface to battle somebody, anybody. You just want to see Scarface go head up with somebody. Scarface said the only way he going to do it is if it's somebody he don't like so he can bust their ass and talk shit about it. So he didn't say no names, and I ain't never heard nobody go at or disrespect Scarface. So we probably not going to see nobody go with Scarface. But could we possibly see Juicy J versus Pharrell? So after, after trolling Dr. Dre and Nas, now Juicy J is saying he want to go with Pharrell. Bands to make a dance versus Move That Dope. Oh, no. Hey, that's a hard one because I like both of them. Yeah, that that could be very I interesting. Both of them, and not only that, uh, my boy Pusha T had a verse on that mud. Yeah, he did well. I'm not gonna front. He, he did. He, he did, did good. Absolutely. He did good. Yo, Q, talk to me. What's up, bro? URL Smack Volume Six is going down December 12th. Uh, free on caffeine Can't at 8 wait. p.m. Can't wait. So I got the car for y'all. Okay. It's not a big car, but it's a big car. Do you feel me? So first off, you got Arsenal versus Jerry West. Uh-huh. First off, it's Arsenal. Jerry West is a new cat coming up. He actually pretty tight, bro. So I'm anxious to see what he going to do with a legend like Arsenal. Then you got K-Shine versus Pat State. That's going to be crazy. And you got Goods versus Geechee Gotti. The drug dealer going to have a conversation with the shooter, y'all. This is going to be a good battle right here. And B-Dot versus Chilla Jones, Battle of the Pins. This is actually a good card. Like I said, it's not a lot of matches, but it's some big matches. So make sure you check that out. Like I said, December 12th, free on caffeine at 8 p.m. It's going down. 
So quick dip off into the world of sports. Leangelo Ball, shout out to you, my boy. Leangelo Ball signs a one-year non-guaranteed contract with who? The Detroit Pistons. Detroit Pistons. Baby. Hey, boy. All you gotta do is get out there and ball, and you'll get everybody's attention, homeboy. Congratulations to all the ball brothers for making it to the NBA straight up. Word is they may be signing with Rock Nation. So you got Lonzo, LaMelo, and LiAngelo signing to the Rock, baby. Hope don't miss. Well, it does not miss Hope at all, miss. homeboy. I'm not a businessman. I'm, I'm a, a businessman. Business. <laughs> Yo, so Russell Westbrook, my boy. One of my favorite ball players. He got that killer instinct. Like him or love it, the boy gonna get that rock. You know what I'm saying? Man, he got the raw stick on this one. Did he? He got traded. Did he? <laughs> to the Washington Wizards. Boy, to the Washington Wizards for John Walter Houston. That boy cooked. Bruh. Barbecue chicken. Russ, get out of that as soon as possible, man. Washington is tridash. Tridash. I'm praying for you, my brother. John Wall, I hope you can stay injury free because you've been injured your whole damn career. <laughs> Don't wish that on John Wall, man. John Wall is a. I beast. ain't gotta wish it on the Q. The boys stay hurt yeah, every season. Positive vibes, man. Listen, first three weeks, John Wall gone. Oh lord. Shout out to Bill because that that boy that showed them folks that he is the truth. But uh, that's it for me on the rundown, man. Follow me on Twitter at MRFYPM. You know what I'm saying? Let me know. If I miss something, let me know what, what else popping. You know what I mean? Holla at your boy. Yitty! All right, Ron. I just love how, like, you know, each segment, Ron, you do your show, your rundown. I just feel like you get more and more into it. You get, get comfortable. You know what you're talking yeah, about. I heard, felt I'm that. like, give me that energy, Ron, Ron. I love it. Did y'all love it? Forget you if you didn't, because I did. <laughs> anyway, so listen, we're going to take our last final break before we wrap this thing on out. Um, guys, again, thank y'all. Keep listening on On Refusion podcast app guys you can listen on the website you can go to their youtube go to our youtube our facebook keep listening right here to black educated and broke well before we close out our show we had an exclusive millennial table talk interview with taos when listen in now and welcome back to black educated and broke my i'm bringing back an old school one i'm bringing back from season one and part of season two millennial Uh-oh. table talk Hey. <laughs> Can I bring that back? Can I bring yes. that back? Y'all like, where is everybody else? Uh, the crew's kind of split tonight uh, and going into the weekend, man. Powerful uh, interviews we're doing today. Uh, I would say this brother needs no introduction, but I'm going to let him introduce himself. Uh, he is, I've I just seen him all over the place, man, especially with this 2020 election and just the changes here in Atlanta and of course we know what Atlanta is it's first of all it's a city uh too busy to hate but we're also a very powerful city and moving city I'm from this city and I'm gonna let him hey. uh, do more of his introduction to tell you about his background but you have heard this brother on all kind of radio platforms and he's uh hosted a few different things a couple of uh panels you uh you also did the panel for uh district five um the special election saw you do that panel excellent panel there brother but, uh, Mike, we're just going to put our hands together for this brother uh, joining us for a Millennial Table Talk right here on Black Educated and Broke the Podcast. Brother Teos Wynn, welcome, brother. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Man, yeah. your resume, your resume uh, is absolutely, it's admiring. It's amazing, brother. But just, just talk about it. Just where, where do you start? I don't even know where to start with you. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Well, first, 
I appreciate you having me. I appreciate being on the podcast. It's a pleasure. Uh, and as far as, I guess, a starting point, right? Uh, I guess we could start with the foundation. Um, I have a foundation here in Atlanta called Perfect Love Foundation, where we do a lot of work. Uh, we focus on three areas, community, education, and advocacy. And uh, more recently, we've been very heavily on the advocacy side of things, which is through our arm, Millennial Civil Rights. Okay. And so Millennial Civil Rights, we started about a year ago, uh, actually on the 55th anniversary of the 1964 Civil Rights Act. Mm -hmm. And so we, we hit the ground run, running, really. Uh, it was in response to a lot of the presidential things that we saw going on at the time, uh, a lot of the division, a lot of the polarization. And we knew that we needed to have a response, but we knew the response had to be bigger than just one person. And so what we wanted to do was have a response that was really based um, from our generational perspective. Right. And so to really address the situations that were going on, address all the issues from a generational perspective and say that, hey, the, the whole perception about millennials is not accurate. There are millennials out here who are getting involved, doing the work, Absolutely. as well as Gen Z. And so we want to change the narrative and we want to get the action. Absolutely. So, so let's go to uh, we're gonna go get into the foundation, but uh, Millennial Civil Rights Group. So you started it. Um, what what has been the main focus here in Atlanta? Because you, uh, I don't, I don't want to say because a lot of people don't like to say it. I don't know how you feel, but uh, you are a. Uh, I feel like you're one of my spokespersons. Um, it's a it's a group of millennials here uh, in Atlanta who have just taken the lead, especially on the political scene, but as well as just activism. Period. But uh, just talking about it, man. Just, um, uh, just what, what, what have you all been doing? What has been the focus this year? So one of the things to your point, that's been really encouraging to see so many young people getting involved, especially in a space where we're not necessarily traditionally involved right. and as active as what we've seen. I think a large part of that is due to a lot of the, unfortunately, the uh, social unrest that we saw over the summer. Mm -hmm. uh, when we saw those tragedies back to back to back, and I think people just had enough. And they were like, I may not know about this process, but I do, do know that change needs to take place. And so what does that look like? How do we create it? How do we sustain it? And so what does that action look like, that direct action specifically? And so um, I think that that propelled a, a larger amount of momentum that kind of has carried us since that time. But the largest issues that we're seeing from criminal justice reform, uh, student debt, uh, on top of the global pandemic and racism, structural and systemic racism that mm -hmm. has uh, revealed itself. It's not new, but it's just exposed on a different level right now. And so these are some of the issues that have risen to the forefront. And so a lot of our work has been in how do we, one, combat some of these issues. So for instance, we started a campaign called We Save Us. And the whole point of the campaign was to take accountability, saying that, well, hey, we're not waiting on the government government we're not waiting on anybody else to step in and assist this is on us All right and we want to emphasize this message of accountability so how do we how do we save ourselves and what we wanted to do was make a, a personal commitment really um based on four things right mm -hmm. so one committing to wearing masks in public uh which at the time was being highly contested uh, depending on what your, I, I your was political <laughs> affiliation. <laughs> I was one. I wasn't going then, nowhere though, but I was like, do I got to wear this mask in the house? Like for real? And that's the thing, right? So people, some people didn't know whether it was a hoax and then we were getting confusing messaging. <laughs> oh my God. Confusing messaging 
uh, you're silly, confusing messaging from our, our governor, mm-hmm. from state officials. And so people didn't know which side to really lean into. But we wanted people to commit to wearing a mask. Uh, next, we wanted people to participate in both the national elections as well as your local elections. Absolutely. Uh, one thing that people, I think, are more cognizant of now that they didn't necessarily know originally is that most politics takes place on a local level. Most change takes place on a local level. It's not just the big races that you hear about, like the presidential race. A lot of the states have so much power, and a lot of these municipalities and local governments have so much power that affects your day-to-day life. And so we wanted people to take that action. Um, And then additionally, uh, we really wanted people to stand against division, stand against uh, what we're seeing in terms of hatred and just, you know, Mm -hmm. magnifying the differences between us and amplifying racism uh, at such a peak. And so we started that campaign and we ended up getting participation in over 36 states. And so people mobilizing, people coming together. And what we saw was there's an appetite for it. So you can't say that there's not an appetite for change. We see it on the news, we saw it in the protests, and we saw it even in that campaign. People are ready for change and it's that time. So we wanna assist in ushering those changes through. Hey man, that's, that's dope. How can, um, and this sounds like we end the interview, we're not in the interview, but how, how can people <laughs> um, uh, get involved, uh, millennials get involved yeah. or be a part of this movement? Absolutely. And so people, anybody who wants to be a part of Millennial Civil Rights can just go to MillennialCivilRights.com mm-hmm. and then they can just sign up to volunteer. Uh, and so we've been getting a lot of people from the website, but then also uh, most people interact with the uh, Instagram page as well. So people will just uh, you know shoot a message how we do. out saying, slide in the DM for change, right? <laughs> And so people can do that as well on Instagram. And so that's how people have kind of been connecting with us. But, uh, you know, we've been really fortunate with Millennial Civil Rights and just the amount of momentum, to your point, uh, the amount of platforms that it's been on at this point, both national and local, and um, just the ability um, to really jump in and hit the ground running. One thing that we wanted to do initially with this movement was bridge the gap. We felt like there was such a gap and a disconnect between what we always go back to when we talk about the American civil rights movement, and yet we're still fighting a lot of the same challenges and issues today. So what was the disconnect and how did we not more baby boomers, baby boomers, they had those (laughs) kids called Gen X and something wrong with them Gen X. (laughs) Yo, they gave it to Gen Z too, cause listen. Don't do that, man. leave the babies alone. Right, right. But there was such a disconnect And so Mm -hmm. our thing was, how do we bridge the gap? And so we wanted to leverage the institutional knowledge that existed and was available. And the first person to publicly endorse and send a letter from Washington was actually the late great Congressman John Lewis. Mm -hmm. And so he was the first person to send a letter encouraging, as he's always done, youth and and younger engagement in the political space. And so we we spoke and got that letter, uh, then talked to Ambassador Andrew Young as well. And so we wanted to leverage that institutional knowledge as well as get the innovative ideals and strategies and that energy from the millennials and Gen Z to really push forward for some of the changes. And so that's how we uh, kind of hit the ground. 
And that's what's up. So millennialcivilrightsgroup.com or like Maya said, the Instagram page, just slide in the DM. Slide, <laughs> slide in the DM, man. That that's good Somebody news. Somebody gonna talk- answer. You're right. <laughs> We're talking to Brother <laughs> Taos Win. And so let's get back to just the foundation period. Uh, earlier this week, of course, a uh, major giving Tuesday, uh, the perfect love foundation. Uh, give me, give me more. Tell, tell me how we can get involved with that. Cause t- this is the season, man. So many people are are struggling on on so many levels. Uh, on top of this political movement, especially here in Georgia, but just the this movement. I just want to say for the last few years, this movement in general with uh millennials at the forefront. But your foundation, uh, what 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 can people do to help that? Uh, so right now we've had a huge focus on helping uh, underserved communities. Okay. And so, for instance, for for Thanksgiving we did a collection uh, in which we were handing out uh, turkeys and and food. And so we want to continue that going. Um, I do believe that there is a lot to be said in terms of the um, ability to make change and all of the need for change right now. Currently, mm-hmm. I think. Um, our goal in this season is to really meet the need head on. So many people are hurting right now from the pandemic. Uh, So many people are hurting in general, uh, whether it's lack of connectivity, lack of an ability to provide for families. And so we just want to once again, step in the gap, meet the need where it's at uh, because people are more likely to care about what you have to say when they know that you indeed care about them. And so we want to meet the need first. And then after we do that, now we can look to kind of, uh, amplify messaging and education and all these other kind of things, but more immediately, we just want to we want to be there for people. We want to show up in a time of need. Uh, the state of Georgia has over seventy thousand nonprofits. Like let that wow. sit right over seventy thousand nonprofits, and so there's so many people helping. Our goal through the Perfect Love Foundation is really to help differently. How can we stand out? How can we help in unique ways and bring people together um, to to really create spaces of hope? And change. And so that's kind of been our emphasis right now. And like I said, we do that through three areas, community, education, and advocacy. So like handing out our food was more of a mm-hmm. community efforts. We're continuing that through the holidays. Education, we have an after school program called Leading Hope, in which we're raising and mentoring the next group of leaders. And then in addition to that, we also have um, the advocacy side that we touched on earlier, which is millennial civil rights. Really, though, 70,000 I, I had. <laughs> More than that. And that's the thing, though. How, how can, because there's so many organizations, but you said, you hit it right there. How can you be different? There's so many, and there's some great nonprofits. Uh, I have worked with several uh, here in the city of Atlanta, continue to work with uh, several now. I'm working with a few now with the um, city of Atlanta COVID relief program. But it's like, how can you be different and and really bring people together really help people so with that being said how can people uh help out your organization can how can they donate volunteer get involved with perfect love sure so more immediately if people want to uh give whether it's time or resources they can go to perfectlovefoundation.org perfectlovefoundation.org where they can register to volunteer they can also make a donation which is greatly appreciated (laughs) and uh (laughs) They can also keep tabs and find out uh, some of the works and initiatives that we're doing in the city. Uh, like I said, during this holiday season, uh, our focus is really going to be on meeting the needs of communities and partnering with other great organizations that are hitting the ground running. And so there are a lot of upcoming events that we'll be participating in. 
such as continuing the food collection and giveaways, mm-hmm. uh, even with the Canathon. That's something that we've been participating in lately. Um, and last year we participated in as well, where we're collecting literally as many cans as possible in a collaborative effort uh, with Salvation Army dropping off the cans over there. And I think 11 Alive is uh, kind of hosting and facilitating uh, that experience. And so find a way to plug in. There's so many ways. Um, you don't have to start a nonprofit. You don't have to create something from scratch. You can jump in and get involved now. There's so many opportunities. But uh, that's going to be the focus for this season. And then come January legislative session, Millennial Civil Rights will be back in action uh, for the legislative session, proposing legislation, uh, writing and drafting it, as well as uh, supporting and pushing uh, for those same changes. Good stuff, man. Yeah, I got the information. Talking to Brother Teo Swin. Uh, this I got to get to some juice now, man. Get it to the juice. Uh, where, where, where you from? Where you born? Born and raised. Juice background. Get to the juice, okay. <laughs> What's the, the, the personal juice? Okay. okay. Let's go What's there. going on? Where, where you from, Let's man? Who are you? Who are you? Oh, oh wow. Okay. So I'm Teos. I do enjoy walks along the beach. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> what beach? Nah, but seriously. So uh, what beach? Beach Tabby. Wow. Man, he said um, he said the white no. sands. He's on. He's the, the Gulf Coast. The Gulf white sands are the wow. real beaches. You know, the earth wow. man-made. We gotta pick one. Good day, Mike. But no. <laughs> he said the beach. I'm trying to get into the tea. You get into the tea. Okay. Cool. Okay. Let's go. <laughs> But no, I'm a Georgia native. I was born here. I was born in Georgia. And then I grew up, my father was uh, military, army. So we moved around immediately. Okay. I was born here at six weeks old. I was on a plane and moving mm. to Central America. And so I spent some time in Panama and Central America, oh. moved around a bit. Um, and so bounced around to a couple of different states from North Carolina, Kansas, Tennessee. Uh, and then we settled back down here. Uh, my family did most of the moving before I was born. Um, and they went to like Germany, France, all the cool places, right? So right. Uh, by the time they had me, we bounced around a little bit and then uh, settled back down in Georgia going into like fifth grade. So I've been back in Georgia uh, the majority of my life. But gotcha. yeah, what I was city? Born what here. city? Drop the city. Uh, in terms of being born or coming back? Coming Georgia. back. Coming back, we moved to, initially we moved to Smyrna first in Cobb. Oh, he, was over, he was over in cop. Uh-huh. My heel around that's your side. neck of the woods, huh? It's my side. <laughs> <laughs> well, man, so, yeah, this... we were we were okay. Oh uh, man, so I mean, quickly, uh, because they got we got five minutes. That's plenty of time, man. The um, election, Georgia. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, we we uh we made some history, <laughs> man, with this uh presidential election and now, um, this Senate race. How? important because we we know local elections are are very important we've uh we've been voting on that especially in Fulton County I feel like I done voted 20 times I'm like how much <laughs> paper are we gonna wait if I print out something else one more time literally the <laughs> district uh we just did the district five uh, special election runoff and I had to print right. something out and go scan that then I had to go back to the table because I live in District 39 for the state Senate seat for the Kima seat. Mm-hmm. And I had to go back right. and go back to the kiosk, print another paper and scan it. And I'm like, y'all know we wasting a lot of paper. Full time, we could have had a barbecue, got people registered to vote. I would have did all the cooking. I don't mind cooking for a lot of people, but that was a lot of paper. But this Senate race, man, uh, I mean, just how important must Georgia get out 
and and just cast their right and use their right to vote. Right now, Georgia, we have to come out. It is our responsibility to come out. We have to show up and we have to show out because literally the balance, the ability for this new administration that we all were encouraging and all wanting to push forward, Mm -hmm. the Biden-Harris ticket, in order for them to successfully be able to accomplish and push forward the objectives that they want to, they're going to need the Senate majority. Right. And it would just so happen that all eyes, the whole world, the nation is watching Georgia right now. And so Georgia, we have to show up. Over 940,000 people have requested absentee ballots at this point. And so we have to show up to the polls. Uh, We have to vote in because this is going to allow us now to push forward that meaningful legislation that we were talking about earlier when we talk about criminal justice reform, when we talk about addressing the student debt crisis, when we talk about the environmental crisis and climate change. Mm -hmm. And so all these things, if we want to affect change, then we have to come out. We have to continue. We need not only the people that voted the first time, but we need all those who didn't even vote the first time, who have never engaged in the political process to get involved. And so it's going to be significant. Uh, we need everybody to show up for sure in the state, the beautiful state of Georgia. That's right. We need you. That's Absolutely. Right. Hey, uh, so if Keisha go to D.C. next year, uh, you running for mayor? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you throwing your hat? You going in the ring? You running mayor? Am, am I running for mayor? My, I'm trying to get the juice. I'm trying to see. I'm trying to see who I'm running next year. Listen, once Keisha say once, once, uh, my that's mayor, the wrong question. my mayor, uh, <laughs> my longtime family friend. That's Auntie. Once when Keisha says she's going to DC, <laughs> I need to know who throwing a hat in the ring. Not asking the right questions. <laughs> We're trying to see if there's a first lady. We're trying to see where. Oh wow! Well, is there a first from. lady? You like, know what, Maya? It's time to go to break. <laughs> it is time. <laughs> That's the tea. Okay? It is time to go to break. Wow. Man, my brother, we appreciate you joining us. Like I said, we did a throwback, man. Millennial Table Talk, uh, great information. Um, uh, Perfect Love Foundation, Millennial Civil Rights Group. Uh, he gave you the information. Brother, how can uh, people follow you, uh, reach you on social media so they can know what you're doing, where to go, where to be at? Like you said, we got the rest of the holiday season and even into uh, 2021, even with a new administration so many people still need help still need assistance how can they follow you sure well first i really appreciate once again you all for having me thank you so much it's been a pleasure and for those of you who do want to follow and connect with me please feel free to do so at taos win on all social media platforms that is at t-a-o-s-w-y-n-n and you can connect with me there but um more importantly i definitely appreciate y'all having me today Hey, thank you, brother. This is uh, an old school throwback millennial table talk, and we're right here on Black, Educated, and Broke. <laughs> hey, what's going on, everyone? This is Teos Wynn, and you are listening to Black, Educated, and Broke. Stay tuned. Phenomenal news, phenomenal updates, phenomenal shows coming at you. My name is Teos, and you can connect with the work that we're doing in the community at perfectlovefoundation.org or visit millennialcivilrights.com where we are staying active. We are creating spaces of hope and provoking people to love. And so we would love for you to connect with us as well as you can reach me at Teos Win on all social media platforms. We know that 2020 has been definitely a challenging year. And so right now what I just wanna do is encourage everyone to um, find ways to connect, I encourage one another, don't, fall for the bait. Right now, there's so much bait in this world to, to be divided, 
to stay polarized, to magnify the differences amongst one another. And I just want to challenge you to be a connector, be a bridge maker, connect people, find the commonalities and differences that we all share. And together, let's progress, let's fight for the changes that this country desperately needs. And never forget, never forget that your life story can one day become someone else's life inspiration. Stay encouraged, stay blessed, and have a phenomenal holiday season. It's time to go. Broke back on the ones and the twos. When I hear this, I feel like I gotta be a DJ. When DJ I hear this, Radio. I feel like we in uh, Club Gills, and I'm trying to figure out who. Come on, who you who apartment I'm about to go okay, to? Okay, like holidays. You see, I already knew what I was saying, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, guys, we hope you enjoyed this show. A wonderful show. First of all, I want to thank you. Big thanks to Attorney Griggs for stopping by to hang out with the with the little folks, black, educated, and broke. Dropping some gems, jewels. He's definitely encouraging everybody to get out there and vote for this Senate race that is coming up upon us. Please go out and vote. January 5th. Okay. Let's do it. Um, also, let's, what else are we talking about? It was a chill show. Shout out to Mike B with the Melanin News. Shout out to Maya Poo, guys. If you want to hear her, um, her blog, nothing you can hear. You actually go read it. How do you read it? Well, I'll tell you. Head over to blackeducatedandbroke.com and then you'll see her blog, which is called The Mayan Empire. This is deep. Go read it and be about it. Um, as far as next week, guys, you know, we're going to have another show. We're going to go back to doing, we won't be at the studios. We'll be back doing our podcast version, so make sure to check that out. Which this show, if you guys want to hear it again, because it is a rewind over over type of show. If you want to hear our show again, you need to check it out on Friday. It's going to drop on your favorite streaming platform. Okay. Uh, what else do we got? What else do we talk about? Oh, we're going to be back in the podcast studios on the 16th. Um, we're going to have guests. We're going to have on my radio. We're going to have cast mates with us, y'all. Hey, so let's do hell. it. Alrighty, so, Ron, let the listeners know. If they want to catch up on all of the episodes of Black Educated and Broke, how they do that? Uh, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Sp- uh, Spotify, I'll Tell Podcast app. And like Mari would say, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and uh, Q, tell us, What's up? how can they follow us on social media? You can follow us on social on our Twitter page. That's B-E-B Podcast underscore ATL. You can also follow us on Instagram. Instagram is easy. It's simple. It's straight up black educated and broke. And that also leads you to our Facebook page, man. Go on there. Like our page on Facebook, all right? Uh, we post things on there. Pretty much whatever's on our IG is going to be on our Facebook. Mm-hmm. You feel me? So like all of that, subscribe to all of that, and follow all that. You hear me? Yeah, what Q said, guys. So we're going to go ahead and wrap this thing up. It's been your girl, Randy O. Mike B. It's Maya. And per usual, it's time to cue the takeover, baby. Oh, you went too fast. It's your boy Ron. Thank you, Attorney Griggs. For, for, thank you, Attorney Griggs, for coming through, making sure this thing was his stock. All right, my bad. Now it's time to cue the takeover. <laughs> we'll see y'all next week on our Zoom call. Uh, we, what we got in store for next week? Next Anything week is exciting? all surprises. Well, there we go. I guess we got a surprise, y'all. We'll see y'all then, though. Peace. Yeti. Get the fuck up out my face.